Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio. Um, Yes, I am your host, Rob Watson. And as always, we have a really fantastic show lined up for you today. Uh, Today we are diving into the world of music. We have a fantastic artist on board, Sonia Lee. Uh, Sonia is coming out with, or has come out just, with a new rock anthem called Thin Ice. Um, And when you're dealing with Sonia Lee, you always have to ask what genre of music she's coming out with. She is... Um, branched an eclectic um, style from country to pop to pop with kind of a bluesy flair to rock. Um, it's uh, a really, really exciting catalog, and can't wait to talk to her about that. And we will be playing um, said rock anthem, Thin Ice, um, with for you on the show as well. Um, so exciting things ahead. Um, well, Sonia is waiting in the wings to come on. Um, I want to turn first to our co-host, Brody Levesque. Brody is the editor-in-chief of the um, Los Angeles Blade magazine, which is one of the hottest LGBTQ news uh, publications in the country right now, um, taking over the L.A. market for sure, but even on a national level, it is one that um, not only provides the best um, journalistic news, but very specific to the LGBTQ community. Um, by the way, it has just won a prestigious award from GLAAD for its um, top-notch journalism. So, um, like I said, it is making its mark. So, um, here to tell us about what's going on um, in the world around us uh, today, Brody Levac. Brody, welcome to the show, and happy birthday. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Um, appreciate that. So, unfortunately, um, uh, the state of Tennessee has decided to go all out transphobic for its youth. Uh, Tennessee governor, uh, Republican governor, I'll add, uh, Bill Lee signed a law earlier today, and this bans all gender affirming care for trans people under the age of 18 effectively putting the Tennessee government in charge of making vital decisions normally and traditionally reserved to parents. The law takes effect on July 1st of this year. However, it's even more onerous than that. Under the new law, trans youth already receiving gender-affirming care as of July 1st will be forced to lose access to such care after March 31st. Youth that are not receiving medical care by July 1st will be unable to begin receiving care. Essentially, this is a forced governmental detransition for a trans kid, okay, and it's really pretty shocking. Uh, There are a lot of transgender youth in the state of Tennessee that don't have the financial capability or capacity to be able to cross state lines to continue their care. Uh, Trans activists are outraged. Uh, I spoke earlier uh, with the American Civil Liberties Union. The ACLU of Tennessee, ACLU itself, and Lambda Legal uh, issued the 
uh, statement I'm about to read. Uh, we will not allow this dangerous law to stand. Certain politicians and Governor Lee have made no secret of their intent to discriminate against youth who are trans or their willful ignorance about the life-saving health care that they seek to ban. Instead, they've chosen fear-mongering, misrepresentations, intimidation, and extremist politics over the rights of families and the lives of trans youth in Tennessee. We are dedicated to overturning this unconstitutional law and are confident that the state will find itself completely incapable of defending it in federal court. We want transgender youth to know that they are not alone and this fight is not over. There are currently similar laws in the states of Alabama and Arkansas, which were signed and have been enjoined by U.S. federal courts. Uh, Tennessee is the fourth state this legislative session to pass a ban. Oklahoma, I believe, uh, came in as well. There is a plethora of these bills. At last count, we are over 400 of these things just this legislative session. Washington-based uh, uh, Los Angeles laid correspondent and contributor Aaron Reed, uh, who you all need to kind of follow on Twitter, uh, has been compiling uh, a list of how bad these things are, where they are, um, and so I highly recommend that um, if you folks get a chance, um, I would go take a look. Uh, it's called an Anti-Trans Legislative Digest. It's a rundown of what's currently going on. Erin is the editor of the piece. Uh, she also writes every morning uh, on her Substack. stack, Erin in the Morning. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you go there. But Erin has detailed... Um, in the column she wrote for us, uh, a basic synopsis of not only the laws, where they're going, what's going on with them, uh, the bands that are out looking, and kind of you know what will end up being you know the case with it. Uh, Aaron's partner is uh, actually a Montana state elected representative. Zoe uh, just fought on the floor of the Montana. Um, and lost, unfortunately, but uh, Representative Zephyr um, essentially was arguing against a, a bill that would ban drag and would target pride, but it also affects the trans community because we're starting to see a lot of these laws that are aimed against the drag community will have a spillover into the trans community as well. So we're having healthcare bans, and we're also having the drag bans. By the way, Tennessee's Bill to ban drag shows is on the governor's desk currently. Uh, he's due to sign it at some point today, we're told. Uh, and this is all part of a larger narrative that we have now seen that is specifically targeting trans youth and queer youth. Um, I had a conversation earlier this morning uh, with a representative from the Trevor Project. They are overwhelmed uh, now with phone calls. Uh, of trans and queer youth um, that, quite frankly, it's depressing. Uh, the Trevor Project is the largest uh, project in the United States uh, for suicide prevention among LGBTQI plus youth. And, you know, they have a sharp uptick now. And a lot of the trans kids that I've talked to um, and spoken with in the last couple of weeks uh, just feel hopeless and they're, they're like under siege. Um, and it's gotten to the point 
where no joke, uh, we have organizations now forming basic underground railroad refugee type of organizations to move these folks out of these hostile environments in these hostile states into states that are affirming, such as California, which actually codified a law protecting transgender youth and their families from this type of persecution. Uh, Missouri has become another battleground uh, for this particular issue. Uh, I spoke recently with a rabbi who has a transgender uh, son, and his 10-year-old son went with him to testify uh, and the state said it, uh, and the reception that he received, and mind you, this is a Jewish rabbi, was overwhelmingly hostile. Um, a couple of weeks ago in Arkansas on another bill, uh, not the one that's enjoined by a federal court, but another anti-trans bill, uh, a state senator was asking questions of a pediatric um, healthcare provider for trans folks who happens to be trans herself, and the lawmaker looked right at this doctor and said, my understanding is you identify as transgender. The doctor said, yes, I do. The next question just floored everybody. So that means then you have a penis. Uh, the audience naturally erupted. Uh, it was extremely offensive, but this is kind of the mentality of it. The problem that we're seeing, and everybody that I've been talking to uh, in the legal community as well as in the activist organizations, is that the way these laws are being framed and written, um, it's just going to take court challenges. And unfortunately and sadly, uh, the right wing, and especially the, the Christian supremacists and nationalists who have latched onto the grooming narrative, and many of them are elected representatives in these states, have found a way to do specific targeting. And one of the talking points that they use uh, and falsely use is a narrative that, you know, the therapy for these kids is also, you know, in some cases akin to gender mutilation, talking about, you know, gender-affirming surgeries, which are very, very rare, actually, among minors uh, that are trans and trans-identifying. So there is a variety of things that is going on here, and Tennessee today just became the latest um, in the pylon. Again, you go to the Los Angeles Blade folks, the article is called Anti-Trans Legislative Digest. It is written by Erin Reed. Follow her on Twitter. Read her Substack. Erin uh, is an amazing, um, amazing uh, journalist and writer, and she's covering this topic uh, very, very well. Yeah. Um, Brody, from what I understand there, the I mean, first of all, this is all obscene. It's all political. And it is very much, um, you know, scapegoating and diverting attention from the GOP's complete lack and ineptitude in terms of doing anything meaningful. Um, the, I mean, I'm hoping people don't get sad, but rather get angry um, uh, to fight it. But from what I'm hearing, these, the uh, fervor that a lot of these people are getting behind their successes in passing these kind of legislations is that they're not stopping there, that they are, there is parts of these legislation that are targeting uh, health care for 
transgender adults as well, that they're writing mm-hmm. things where transgender people are, are essentially not allowed to leave their state for care elsewhere. Um, you know, things that are highly draconian, highly fascist, and, um, and then other ones that are, you know, in terms of the don't say gay legislation <clears throat> that is targeting free speech. Um, can you comment on that briefly? There are, um, in many of these bills under consideration now, um, targeting of trans adults. Uh, they are going through, um, and, and, and the way they're basically doing it uh, is targeting the legislation uh, through the Medicare and Medicaid process. They're targeting federal dollars, um, and they're targeting state-run programs. Um Exactly how successful that will be uh, is probably hardly at all. Florida was the first one to do that. Um, There's a whole different set of legal standards that go with adult care, uh, obviously. And it walks into several constitutional issue areas that the right wing probably will not succeed at. And those laws ultimately will end up uh, being enjoined and blocked. Uh, however, when you talk about minors, that's a whole different ballgame. So yeah. it, it's it's really kind of there's where it's at with it. Yes, but that is going on. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, getting us kicked off uh, with um, some hot issues that, that absolutely need to um, have attention paid to them. Um, so now I want to uh, welcome on to the show uh, song, singer-songwriter, Sonia Lee, um, and she is sitting with a brand new rock anthem, Thin Ice. Sonia, welcome to the show. What's up? It's good to be here. It's great to have you. I'm excited. It's like I, I almost don't know where to start because your catalog is both eclectic and thorough. Um, but let's let's kind of um, maybe take it back to the beginning uh, where, where you started, you, um, you were highly influenced by your dad um, when, and he was kind of your first inspiration for music. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, my father was always playing guitar and writing songs growing up. Um, I came from a very musical family. My grandfather played mandolin, fiddle and guitar and, my uncle played the drums, and I kind of grew up in um, the Pentecostal church, which is a very, like, if you've ever been to a Pentecostal church, uh, it's pretty um, musical and live music. And so, you know, they get down. If I can say one thing about that, they know how to party when it comes to music. Um, so I think that all of that, <laughs> all of that collectively, um, you know, just inspired me from, from the time I can, every time, since I can remember. And, yeah, my father then, taught me how to play guitar. And when you got to your teens, um, it sounds like there was some conflict at home around your sexuality that inspired you to leave and take off on your own. Is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it broke my heart because, you know, I, I, my father and I really got, you know, at odds once um, he found out about my sexuality I was actually outed. I didn't get to come out. A friend uh, outed me at school, and um, 
then it kind of got around to my family. And um, so I didn't really get that choice. Um, and it was a big shock, which is surprising to me because, I mean, looking back, it's so obviously. <laughs> but, um, uh, like, really? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a mullet with a spiked haircut uh, when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, you know, um, we, yeah, it was, a, it was a hard time. I had just turned 17 and I left home because, you know, because of religious reasons, we were at odds. And uh, one thing I can say about that is that now my father and I are closer than ever. And I think that um, going through that um, really led him. It took him a long time, but it led him to educate himself and to become more accepting. And now I have other family members in my family who have come out. And, you know, I think that it's been easier for them to to, to come out because of kind of my family's, I kind of guess I broke the seal. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it's true. It's like once, once, once you break through and, you know, the demons that people think are all around it um, are debunked but just by their experience with you, it, it does, it does make it easier. It is kind of ironic though, because your musical inspiration with the Pentecostal church I'm sure it had a lot to do with the, their influence over your family in terms of their reaction to who you were. It's just, you know, sort of like this two-edged sword um, between, yeah. between the two. Yeah. Um, and and I hear you on that. It's like when I was younger um, and playing as a child, I used to take my G.I. Joes and do little ball gowns on them and everything else. But when I came out, yeah, it was a shock, and it was like, <laughs> okay, you guys. Yeah, you're like, how could you not <laughs> know? <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, one of your songs, one of your many songs that, that I absolutely adore um, is uh, the um, December 1978. I probably have that wrong. Um, and that sounds like it is kind of a spiritual song back to those times um, and reminiscent of going home after you've healed and, and all that is, is, am I reading that right? Did I hear it right in the song? You did. And um, I wrote that around that time when I was first kind of, you know, I was just first kind of starting to get back into visiting my family after I left home. And um, just the nostalgia of going back on those roads, driving home and, I hope that they remember me, you know, and I was gone for a long time. And ironically, I'm glad you brought this up because I recorded, uh, there's a, a, a version out now on Spotify and all your streaming platforms of 1978 December and that I recorded with Roger Taylor, the drummer for Van Queen. And he, he produced that. And uh, we put that out in 2020. And I got to play Freddie Mercury's piano and I'm I'm really good friends with with the band and stuff, so I've learned a lot about how that journey was um, such an important part of music. Freddie Mercury's journey was such a big impact on our community, you know. And what a what a great experience that was to be able to work with Roger. I just wanted to give him credit for that um, that uh, version. But yeah, and it is 
I love it. It just it's like it's so you just sit back and listen and I think all of us have, you know, ridden that road home at some point or other and it's very warm and nostalgic and your voice is just has so much depth to it. I mean you have you have your your voice has a combination of both sweetness and and some grittiness and you know, it's like it's a voice that, that obviously has lived life. I mean, and um, very relatable. But yeah, that that song is is extraordinary, um, among others. Of all the the styles yeah. that you touched, what what ones really? I mean, you started with country, pure country. How did how did you decide to launch into that one originally? Uh, I think that country was kind of what my first exposure other than gospel music. You know, my, my father listened to a lot of country. Um, so I, I kind of, my, my roots kind of grew from country cause I wasn't really exposed to a lot of rock and roll. Um, until a little bit later, my stepmom was really into, um, kiss and Ozzy Osbourne and, you know, it got, I got into all the rock and roll and Janis Joplin and all that once. She kind of entered my life around the age of 13 or 14, and I was hooked on rock and roll. Um, so, you know, I think that it's all about being exposed to music for me. Um, I was kind of sheltered, you know, coming up. My mom, though, was a very big Bruce Springsteen fan. So um, I was exposed to him coming up, and I was a huge, I still am a huge Springsteen fan. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I can definitely feel the. I mean, in, in especially in thin ice, it's like I can feel the, but the Springsteen influence and Joan, Joan Jack, Melissa Etheridge. I mean, you're definitely yeah. sitting atop with them, um, with that that sound. Um, so let, let's jump fast forward um, to thin ice, um, and now you wrote this with um, Daphne Willis and. You do a lot. You collaborate a lot with Daphne on different projects. Um, what is your collaboration team like with her? Uh, Daphne and I um, were best friends. We've been friends for years and writing together for years. And we started getting a lot of um, syncs for film and television on our songs together. And uh, we just write very well together. We just she's very great at melodies. Her voice is the it's just, it's like Sia meets Pink, and um, mm-hmm. she can do anything. So, and I have that more of a, that, that raspier, grounded voice, and she has the more melodic. So we really work well together in that aspect when we're writing. She comes up with a lot of vocal melodies and things that um, tend to lend a inspiration to me lyrically. And um, so, yeah, we started getting a lot of success in film and television, and then we decided to form a duo called Tiger Tiger, T-Y-G-R-P-T-Y-D-R, and we just released two songs, uh, Fire Away and Broke Down System, and a video for Fire Away, and these are more women empowerment type songs, upbeat rock, hip-hop, and Position Music got wind of it, and they signed... Daphne and the project. So our EP is going to be coming out on March 8th. I'm excited. Oh, that's so awesome. I can't wait to hear that. That And, <laughs> and, and at a time when we need woman empowerment more than ever. Um, yeah. So that, that, that is, is so timely. 
So I've got um, Thin Ice all queued up. Do you mind if I go ahead and play that uh, for for audience right now? Yeah, please do. Okay, here we go. And we will talk about it right afterwards, but enjoy. And um, by the way, if you're sitting down, stand up and get ready to rock (laughs) because you're going to want to. So here is Thin Ice by Sonia Lee.
I could not love that more. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. I'm dancing awesome. around in my kitchen right now. <laughs> I know. I'm dancing around my little studio here. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's, um, there's something so cathartic about that kind of rock anthem of, you know, just give us a space to get it out, you know, and get, get our feelings out and get the blood pumping and, you know, just, you know, the willingness to fight back. Um, I know you've talked about the song that it highlights the feelings of walking a tightrope of self-doubt inside one's, oneself um, and, it, and the self-created prison and, and, you know, finding the courage to step out into your power. When I hear it, I hear it even a little more broadly, you know, given like the conversation we had at the top of the show with this oppression coming down and so many teens being being um, vilified and, and persecuted and all that. And so it's like I'm hoping, you know, and that's where I feel some of that thin ice is the thin ice politically um, that we're walking on and people Ooh, finding their personal power killed. to stand up to it. Yeah, it just, you know, that's that's where it takes me. You know, it's like I, <laughs> it's, it's one of my, you know, my weird things. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Honestly, I didn't, um, when we were gearing up to do this single, you you prepare for this weeks, months in advance. And, you know, with all the things that have reared its head here in Tennessee, I had no clue that I was coming down the pipeline. So this is just all kind of like went, you know, and come to come to a head at the same time. And if, if my music can be of any kind of comfort or any kind of um provide any kind of courage and angst or, or expression or release for this time I think that I'm, that's even that's probably one of the biggest rewards and by the way this is the first time uh, I've heard my music on, on this song on the radio so thank you and what a great way to debut it on the radio thank you so much oh well, uh, I'm honored thank you it's like it's I, I mean I've it, I, even though I got a copy for the show, I went onto iTunes and bought my own copy. So you are, and this is going to date me a little bit, but you're already on my iPod. So um, <laughs> it's like, it's like, so it's yeah, it's 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 awesome, and um, yeah, I I hope I hope especially younger kids, I hope they they listen to it and. You know, when they're feeling down, you know, it's like let themselves get inspired um, and to fight back and not to put up with this crap. You know, it's like we don't have to and we won't, you know. And, um, you know, I definitely get that that feeling, that empowerment from it. Um, (laughs) Great job. It's kind of cool because – Thank you so much. I remember when um, Melissa Etheridge released Yes, I Am, and I was still in the closet as a young teen. And, um, you know, that record really provided so much comfort to me in in so much, you know, in a time where I was very much alone and, um, and gave me the courage to kind of be starting to step into, like, accepting myself. Um, so, wow, the way that you just said that is I didn't really even kind of realize what what a, it just is taking on a new form. So I hope that that can continue to, to work. And shout out to Melissa Etheridge. I've, you know, I, we're friends now, but I, when I was younger, 
I was studying her music, and she, I didn't get to say this before, was one of my biggest inspirations musically, lyrically, performance-wise, and, you know, her her courage to come out and really kind of step ahead and blaze a trail for artists like me. So, yeah, not and, to that. She is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the gifts of artists like you and Melissa is that you get to put words to issues and things going on. And it is funny how a song can emotionally drive you towards an issue where a documentary and even you know, videos and all these other things don't quite get to that core the way a piece of music can. Um, so that, mm. that's really cool. I mean, I think of Melissa, especially with the, um, you know, Inconvenient Truth, um, Song mm. she did, you know that, you know on global warming and, you know mm. yeah she's she's been a trailblazer on, on many fronts. Um, one thing you've talked about shifting gears a little bit is, as because you are such a prolific songwriter, um, is kind of your process of of songwriting and how you will kind of start writing lyrics in your sleep. Um, and the reason I'm asking about that is I, I actually relate to that because when I write, a lot of times when I'm waking up, a piece is writing in my head as I wake up. Um, what do you what do you think about that creative process? Where where do you think that all comes from? Uh, I don't know. You know, I think that anything that comes through me musically is a vessel. Um, and uh, it's a blessing to me. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't pretend to be able to control that um, that line of of creativity. Um, I think, and sometimes I'll be, you know, asleep and I'll wake up and I'll have a melody or a line or a lyric, and I'll be like, "Oh, I got to remember this when I wake up," you know. <laughs> and then I'll wake up and I've lost it, or I'll be dreaming and I'll have. I'll be singing in my dreams, you know, and I wake up and I can't remember it sometimes. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's a subconscious, um, you know, bleeding of, of another part of myself that, that's trying to come to the surface. Um, that's a great question. I, I, I just relate it so much because I, what you just described is what happens to me too. And the things <laughs> that, that – I, you know, it's like things that come to me that way when I do remember and I do write them down and um, they get published, those are the ones that get, that get read by hundreds of thousands of people. And it's like, you know, yeah. so it, it, it's sort of like not coincidental, um, but it is, it's just an, a very spiritual, interesting channeling yeah. in a lot of ways of, of, of that kind of material. Um, so yeah, maybe that was the word to, I was looking for, channeling. I'm sorry. No, yeah. It's, well, I, and and without that word, you described it perfectly. Um, so going back, you transitioned at a certain point from kind of a really more traditional country sound more to pop. What was what was the arc that got you into more of a pop kind of place? Hmm. Uh, I think that uh, I kind of just got more inspired by different types of music and I'm always loving to challenge myself to create in different ways because it keeps 
my my well fresh, you know. I I can only write the same song, you know, you know what I mean, in the same vein so much. I think that it's all about again exposure to music. I think listening to music inspires me to write that style and that style like when Sia came out, I was like, Oh my gosh, like it really so um she became a really big inspiration to me. Um Nicki Minaj, you know, Tupac, like, you know, hearing all these things, they're definitely gonna influence me. Um, you hear music even when you don't realize you're hearing music, when you're in an elevator, when you're in, just walking down the street. Like you you're you we are constantly being influenced without even knowing by music. And um so, you know, it's just the way that I, I've grown as an artist to kind of keep a fresh perspective and a new voice. I, I like to 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 be able to come at it from different angles that are, you know, probably not the way I would say it uh, in like rock. I would say it in hip hop or, you know, in blues, you know, I get to kind of tap into different emotions and different um, uh, points of view. Yeah, no, it's it, and I kind of envy that because I I hear what you're saying about music everywhere. I am that's one area I am completely devoid of any talent or ability whatsoever. It's like <laughs> I don't think musically, I don't you know, but I appreciate it when I mean I'm you know probably a, a major fanboy, but it's like it's it's and and that's part of my awe is because you know I I deal in words that I when I hear music and people who imagine music and music, you know, different rhythms and all that, it's like, it's, it's so awe-inspiring to me just, you know, cause it's beyond me. Um, but I, but I, I guess I have enough of it that I can appreciate it. Um, uh, you were very prolific during the pandemic. There were, you put out quite a few things um, during that time period. What, what was that, period of time like for you especially as an artist um for for me as an artist it was a it was a it was a period of slowing down and getting introspective and really kind of having to sit with myself because you know I left home when I was you know just turned 17 and that was probably survival mode since then trying to get my you know music off the ground just constantly constantly going and going and going and then, you know, once you get the ball in there and you are going, that continues to get, you know, people think if you sign a record deal or you start to see success that, you know, that's when the real work starts. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I think that the pandemic was an opportunity for me to take some time to, you know, deal with some inner demons, some, do some therapy. I did a lot of inner work. I'm still, it started a ball rolling for that to prioritize my mental health. And kind of start dealing with, you know, childhood trauma, which is so incredibly uh, important that I never really took the time to sit with and uncover. And um, that began a brand new journey and a different um, way of writing uh, and approaching music. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote Sad a King Without a Kingdom came out during the pandemic. But I've written that with actually Daphne and um, it, a couple of years before, and it just 
seemed like we wrote it for this project, Rob the Man, that um, that it's another side project that I have that's coming out on March 17th, uh, our first thing on that. But um, it seemed, per- it felt like I predicted this. And King Without a King just felt like, well, everything that was going on when the, like right at the top of the pandemic, we were all scared um, and didn't know what was going to happen. And it kind of almost felt like we were on this post, you know, pre-apocalyptic ledge almost, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is kind of where we were writing from for this kind of story of Rob the Man. So I was like, you know what, I I, have, I had these songs that I was going to release in sequence for that project, but I went ahead and skipped and put out King Without a Kingdom because it felt really, really um, just like there was the time for it to be heard. Yeah, no, I was going to ask about that because King Without a Kingdom is another one already on my iPod um, because, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely spoke to me that way. Um, tell us more about what that's about and, and what your perspective was on that because I think it's a super important song. Well, you know, this this particular song is just about, you know, the the man, you know, like um, everybody run and here they come and they got big guns, they don't give about you they just want to hang your bones on a rich man's wall and take tea in the afternoon it's about you know the people in the government like really not giving a damn about the little man or about the oppressed you know and just wanting to keep you brainwashed and dumb and it says they Mm -hmm. they want to keep you dumb under their thumb and you know that's what they're trying to do they're trying to take back all the things that we fought so hard to get because they're scared. They're scared they're losing control, you know? So if we could get into that. I mean, just just the title alone. I mean, it's like to me when I, I saw the title and then I listened to the yeah. song, it was like, to me, it was like that. Who are you going to rule? Know, and not to get into the, the MAGA thing and, and Trump, but it was like, that's it. It is a king, somebody who wants to be king with all that absolute power without a kingdom you know it's like and you know not that he's not yeah. trying to make it his kingdom but yeah it just um and it's you know and it's not and for people listening who haven't heard the song it isn't doesn't mention trump at all fyi no. that's my personal what i brought to it but um you know it's um yeah it's it, it just it's, it's part of the things that i love from your material especially uh, your most recent material is that you you hone in so perfectly to spiritual backdrop of consciousness for so many of us without it having wow. to be a an intellectual discussion of what's going on which you know we have we can do that elsewhere but it just you know it's like a lot of it the things in this world right now it's oppressive and we have feelings about it and we have emotions about it and your work just goes right to that, which is super special. Um, I, I want to go back oh. to the one thing you mentioned in your project with Rob the Man. Um, what is that, and what is that about, and and what are we anticipating dropping? <laughs> um, okay, so Rob the Man is a project I've been working on for probably about the last seven years, and uh, I've been you know, kind of releasing, um, I released um, Live Like Ghost featuring Rob the Man 
and King Without a Kingdom featuring Rob the Man, Spider in the Roses featuring Rob the Man, just to kind of get, you know, the name kind of out there. But Rob the Man is a project that I've I've assembled um, kind of like a, a, almost like the Gorillas, you know, the band, the Gorillas. I've, I've selected a bunch of ninja writers and producers from all different walks of the entertainment industry and genres um, to come together. We started this first, I call it the chapter because um, it's, it's eventually going to be animated. I hope one day animated uh, adult, um, adult animation series. Um, But right now we're, the first animated video will be dropping with the first single, Bury Me Alive, on March 17th. And it's basically featuring um, a lot of different writers and songwriters and singers coming together on different tracks and being featured under alias um, their character names for the story of Rob the Man. Rob the Man is kind of a a post-apocalyptic world with... um, just a lot of different things that it's, you it I, I could go into it it's a long story <laughs> but um <laughs> bury me alive will be featuring the first video will be introducing the characters introducing the first song to kind of get you to understand rob's journey he's um he comes from a broken home and his mother dies and he sets out on this path to find death and he comes across all these characters and he loses his innocence along the way and gets exposed to all of these things that are worldly. Um, and you can see how throughout this journey, what you will, it will unfold as the music's released, um, how, a, how it changes a heart and how a heart can get broken. But there's also um, revelation and there's also healing and, self-discovery and adventure and all that embodied in all of that um, in the end. But um, this first thing will be with my buddy, um, Rad Nick Furlong, uh, who produced uh, Avicii, The Nights. He did, he's produced Papa Roach, Five Seconds to Summer, Imagine Dragons, He's worked with loads of people, and um, him, myself, and Colin Britton, who's worked with a lot of those same artists, as well as Machine Gun Kelly, and it just the list goes on. And Daphne Willis is on that project, Wyatt Durrett, Bones UK, who everybody should check them out. Uh, Rosie and Carmen are incredible. They have their own band, Bones UK, that's incredible. We all came together to make this record and this really – another prolific project that I could just go on forever about it. But <laughs> I, and it, don't, don't apologize for that. Cause it sounds absolutely fascinating and I'm fascinated I'm so not excited. just because I really, I really love the title about it. I mean, kudos, good name to pick, you know, for Rob the man. Well, we are all Rob the man. We are it. Rob the man really isn't. He just symbolizes the common thread of humanity, our 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 common thread of just the heartbeat of what we are as as souls on this planet. We all are just looking for the answers and love, right? So, it's just right. kind of what a, a a human journey is basically. Rob the man is a simple human man, woman, person, human coming up coming coming through life, you know. <laughs> it, 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 I, I can't wait. No, it sounds seriously awesome. And um, um, so, yeah, 
that that's that's great. Now, thin thin ice. How are you releasing that? Is that will that be part of an EP at all, or it's only it's going to be just a sole single? Oh no, um, thin ice is going to be the first song off of my record. I'm I'm still working on the full link. I'll be out in LA finishing well recording more in April out there. Um, but yeah, I'll I have uh, we'll be probably having two more singles dropping before the full length record. So I'm really excited. I'm I'm just uh I'm just I'm so excited about the material that's gonna be coming out and as, as we go and record I'm sure more music's gonna kind of be written along this journey as I'm getting inspired as things are happening. <laughs> well, it's um obviously a lot of stuff is going on in the world, so I hope it and like I said, you capture so much of the emotion that, um, especially the empowerment needed to fight it. So I hope I hope that does dovetail into further inspiration for you. Um, what about touring? I know you've toured with, oh my God, such a rich name of artists um, previously. Are you planning on touring um, yourself in the future? Yeah, I've got some upcoming shows that I'm excited about. I'm, uh, this Saturday night, I'm going to be in Atlanta at Eddie's Attic, um, uh, which is kind of where I started playing um, when I was coming up in Atlanta. We're going to do the single release party there on um, March 4th, this Saturday. And then March 22nd, I'll be back here in Nashville at the Underdog. And then I'm going to head out to L.A. and play the Hotel Cafe March 29th. And uh, I'm going to start recording while I'm out there with Nico Bolas, who I'm so excited. He's worked with everybody from Neil Young to uh, Prince and, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Melissa Etheridge and Ani DeFranco. So, and, and I've got to work with him. He's he's definitely really a common thread and going to be great producer adding to this record. Mitch Dane produced Thin Ice, who I've worked with on my last record, Mad Hatter. He's here in Nashville, so I'm collaborating with some really kick, I don't know if I can say kick butt uh, producers. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Oh, fuck, yes, you can. You can say whatever you All want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one thing, I would kind of dial us back to sort of the beginning of the conversation just because I think your work is so important. Um, and one of the things, you know, being raised by, you know, in the Pentecostal church and their influence on your family, um, you know, that belief that your sexuality is a sin and working and processing through that and overcoming that, what would your message be to, like, all these young trans kids and, you know, these kids that are, like Brody said at the beginning of the hour, you know, you know Trevor Project's phone banks are absolutely going crazy with kids in pain right now. Um, yeah. What What would you want to say to them? Mm. I'm so moved right now because I'm glad that you asked that. Um, as I was listening um, before, you know, listening in before my turn to come on the show, I was thinking about my journey and my journey with God and, you know, um, not everybody believes in God or God comes in, in to me in different forms. I believe that when I was raised in the church, I thought that I didn't deserve to have a relationship with God. And I think that that made me 
try to believe that it wasn't real or have a very uh, resentment towards it. And, and But I think that my message would be that God loves you and you are worthy of his love and a relationship with God. Um, in what capacity you want to call that, we all call a higher power, whatever we relate it to. But um, I just, I think so many kids who are trans or gay or in their life, they are shunned out of the church or out of God's love. And they, they don't realize that that's not, that's not God's love. That's not, that's not the way it goes. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's what I, what I would like to say is that you are worthy. You are beautiful and, and you deserve to have a relationship with God. That, that's, that is awesome. And I, you know, I hear that connection when you and I were talking about inspiration and, and getting that, you know, when we're half conscious, you know, it's like that, that's when I think some of the, the higher power messaging and inspiration comes through the strongest because we're not fighting it. Our conscious head isn't fighting it and it allows it to come through. So I see that through your work very, very strongly and, and appreciate it um, from, yeah. from that standpoint. Um, Nobody so can tell uh, you how to have your relationship, you know. Nobody can tell you what that looks like. That's between you and your higher power. Exactly. You know, it's funny because I see a parallel between that and your spiritual relationship and your sexuality and your gender identity. All of those are very private and personal Mm -hmm. and unique, and you get to own all three of those areas of yourself. And nobody gets to say it's not okay. They're, they're, they're Mm -hmm. yours. They're, 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 they're powerful and they're yours. Um, You have been such a blessing and um, I'm just absolutely adore your work. Um, We only have a few minutes left. What haven't I asked you that we should have talked about? You know what? There's one more thing I want to talk about. (laughs) On a lighter note, I have another side project that's a lo-fi hip-hop 90s. It, it's um, called the Indica Girls. So uh, just to make, uh, just to end on a funny, we, it's me and my homie 24-7. I rap under the name 11-11. And we, uh, we have a song that's going to be coming out on 420 called Make-A-Wish Fish uh, featuring Lil May May, <laughs> which is Audra May, who, who, uh, uh, who is the singer on Addicted to You with VT and she has loads of, uh, of other songs as well, and she's a hit songwriter. She's amazing, Christina Aguilera, whatnot. But um, but we also feature other artists um, on our. But we have a song we just released called Money Magnet. So if y'all want to follow us, Indica Girls with a Z, um, on our socials and uh, just for some fun times, you know, you know. So yeah, I'd wanted to give a shout out to. That uh, uh, perfect, and your website <laughs> covers all of this, correct? What yes. is what yes, is your please website? Please follow me, uh, sonyalee.com. S o n i l e i g h. So go to there. Um, also, um, I, I know Sonia's work is available in many places, but it definitely is on iTunes, um, and they have my credit card. You can't use it, but I did. 
um, <laughs> you know, to, to buy a bunch of it. Um, uh, where where else can people find your work? Uh, I'm on Spotify, um, Apple Music, Pandora. Uh, I'm a spotlight on Amazon Music. If you go to Alexa and say, Alexa, play Sonia Lee Spotlight, it'll take you right to my catalog. So please do that. Show some support to my YouTube page. I really need some love there. So if anybody could go to my YouTube page and leave some comments, listen through, give me some thumbs up, that'd be amazing as well. Add me to your playlist. All the support I can get, I'm independent. So Everything counts, and I appreciate everything, especially you. Thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for being here. You're you're a joy and an inspiration, and um, I'm going to go play Thin Ice again after we get off the air because I'm addicted. <laughs> um, um, but you know, and folks, definitely. Well, you heard the song, so I mean, hello, go get it. Um, and um, the rest of the catalog, though. Um, dive in because there's so much richness there. We barely scratched the surface of of um, everything that, that Sonia's put out. Um, Sonia, I, I appreciate you so much. appreciate who you are and what you're doing and definitely appreciate you coming on today, um, you know, and, and can't wait for the new materials to come out in March. This is going to be a big month for you, a big month for us from you. So that's, huh. that's super, I'm super exciting. Super and thankful. I want to I, shout I'll, out to my PR team, Icon. Thank you guys for hooking us up. They introduced me to you. So thank you, Gail and Ben. I really appreciate y'all if y'all are listening. Yeah, Gail's great. We've worked with Gail before. Thanks, Gail. Really appreciate it. And I want to thank Brody <laughs> Lebeck um, and the Los Angeles Blade. Um, you can find the Los Angeles Blade in this very creative URL, LosAngelesBlade.com. You should check that every single day. There are new articles. They are the best quality journalism. They have the stamp of approval thus um, from GLAD with the, um, um, and I'm forgetting the name of the award, but it's a very prestigious award that means they're the best at what they do. Um, so check them out. And as for us, we will be back again next week. We do have another exciting show lined up for you already. Um, actually, we're booked out for a while, so, you know, yay. And they're all very different, but all very, very exciting, and we want you aboard. So until then, and for the Rated LGBTQ, Rated LGBT Radio crew, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.